Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Last Man Standing, a wrestling podcast. I'm your host, Kenny. It's the week before the Rumble. Let's get into it. Well, I guess technically it's the day of the Rumble, but this stuff's all the stuff the week before. So let's get into it. Ross started out with Rollins, AOP, and Buddy Murphy making their way to the ring, cutting another promo against Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe. It was mediocre at best until Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe would come out. Uh, They would challenge them to a fight. Rollins would be standoffish at first, uh, which again, kind of odd, being that it's currently just Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe. Uh, It would be like a light switch turned on his head and he realized that it was just those two and so he would accept um but as it would turn out they had recruited some help from the viking raiders um rollins and team would go in retreat this would lead to a match later in the evening uh Next out week, though, we had Rey Mysterio versus Andrade with Zelina Vega for the U.S. title in a ladders match. Uh, it was it was a pretty good match, uh, but a lot of missed spots. The end would see Andrade able to retain again, thanks to Vega. Uh, after the match, Vega would encourage Andrade to hit the hammerlock DDT onto some exposed cement that she had ripped off the padding for. Uh, but somebody would come out to make a save. They were wearing a Rey Mysterio mask and later reveal a returning Humberto Carrillo. Uh, it was a pretty good spot for them. Um, and next to the the missed spots, they kind of that kind of threw off the flow of the match. But it is what it is. I, I realize that mistakes happen, so it was still a good match. Uh, next, we had Alistair Black in a squash match. Uh, it literally lasted like a couple of seconds. Black mass at the bell, and it was over. So. I don't even know whether to count this or as anything or just a waste of time. Honestly, I feel like it's a waste of time, but I, d- I think they're just trying to keep him on the air so that they can figure something to do with him with Murphy now taking up reins with Rollins and AOP. Next, we had Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman, another promo about the Rumble. Ricochet would come out stating his intentions to win the Rumble and would challenge Brock to a fight. Brock would not accept. Uh, Ricochet would call him a chicken and then get a kick to the jewels for his trouble. Uh, Pretty good spot for both of them. Um, Well, I say both of them. For Heyman and for Ricochet, uh, Brock really didn't do much, which is kind of nothing new. Up next, we got Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton, a really good match for these two gentlemen that would be broken up by the OC attacking McIntyre, but Orton would make the save with a chair. Uh, It looked like everything was going to be copacetic between the two for the time being, but Orton would hit an RKO out of nowhere. Uh, McIntyre would release a promo saying that he intends to win the Rumble and that he will not forget what happened there, basically. Uh, Next, we had Becky Lynch versus a returning Kyrie Zane. A decent match for the for returning Zane, some good back and forth that saw her tag partner Asuka helping out along the way, but in the end, Lynch would submit Zane with the disarm her, but Asuka would pounce almost immediately, attacking her challenger for this week, today, at the Rumble. Next out, we got the Viking Raiders with Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe in tow versus Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy with AOP for the 
Raw Tag Team Championships. The outside distractions would be removed rather quickly into the match. It was a decent enough match, which continues to show how sad it was that during their reign, the majority of the Raiders' opponents were enhancement talent. Um, if you haven't figured it out, the end would see Rollins and Murphy pull out the win. Uh, it's kind of early into the faction, but could this lead to some division between them and AOP, being that AOP is a legit cohesive tag team that has proven worth. Um, I think it was a mistake on their part. If that's what they're going for, I'm kind of sad because this could have been an awesome faction. Um, at the same time, I feel like they, if if that's not where it's heading, they definitely should have given the, the titles to AOP who are, like I said, a proven, fa uh, proven tag team. Um, but who knows? It, it could lead to something along the lines of like the, the finger poke of doom to where they basically just hand the titles over to AOP. I don't know. We'll see where that goes. Next, we had Matt Hardy versus Eric Rowan. So on the plus side of this match, Rowan is finally being given some real competition. But on the downside, they would make it just another squash match, not allowing Matt to really get in anything going. Uh, and what could have been a decent match, Rowan would pick up the win. Uh, not, not to say the least, I'm a little bit disappointed. I feel like they're misusing Hardy here. They could have, could have really done something to help build Rowan's character and at the same time, give Hardy a decent showing. Um, I get that he's a big guy and for some reason, WWE feels the need to put paint all of these big guys as these unstoppable objects, but that's, that's not the case, especially when you're putting them in a talent, um, a talent, a match against a talent like Matt Hardy, uh, he has proven time and time again that he can take on bigger, bigger opponents. So why not let him put on a show? Still, still, they can give the win to Rowan. That's not where my my qualms are at. It's that they they just squashed him for no reason. They could have helped enhance Rowan further by giving him a true match against Hardy. Uh, that's just my opinion, though. The main event of the evening would see Rusev and Liv versus Bobby Lashley and Lana in a mixed tag match. And a decent match definitely could have been better. But it was exciting to see Liv back in action. And she looked really good doing it. Um, there, there were some signs of rust, but not much there. Um, the end would see Lashley hit the spear for the three count, uh, which would set up a, the, well, that's not going to set up, but there is a setup for the match that's already been announced for this week's Raw that will see Liv and Lana in one-on-one -on -one action with Rusev and Lashley both barred from ringside. Um, I'm pretty excited about that match. So hopefully it'll be good. We'll find out tomorrow. If you get all your news through me, you'll find out next week. Okay, so let's keep this train rolling. We're going to get on to NXT, the Undisputed Era versus the Grizzled Young Veterans in the Dusty Roads Classic. In a decent match, the Grizzled Young Veterans would pick up the win thanks to a distraction by Imperium. Uh, it wasn't a great match, and it very well could have been a great match with the talents that were in the ring um, and surrounding the ring. They could have could have done a lot more, but... Again, you, you only have so much time when you're trying to fit in as much as WWE tries to put in into their shows. Uh, next, we had Tony Storm versus Io Shirai. A good match that would end in a DQ as Bianca Belair would interfere. This would lead to a brawl between Storm, Shirai, Belair, and 
Ripley with Storm being the last woman standing. Uh, Finn Balor versus Joaquin Wilde was next. Balor again displaying his more aggressive side, uh, dominating Wilde before hitting the coup de gras, followed by the 1916. Um, I really like this return to form for for Balor. Um, really returning to his New Japan roots, uh, to his his Prince Devitt roots. If you don't know, that was his name when he was wrestling in the Indies. Um, of course, it's not really fair to call the New J- New Japan the Indies if you look at the success that it has overseas. Um, it's it's about on par with with WWE for some reason. It just ha- well, I shouldn't say for some reason. They are they are times make it difficult for Americans really to to pick it up. I find it hard to get up and watch. I really only usually watch uh, Wrestle Kingdom, and I watch that after the fact because it happens at like two or four in the morning my time. So uh, that's too early for my taste. Out next, we had Shayna Baszler versus Shotzi Blackheart. A good match that saw Blackheart put on a really good show, but the end would see Baszler lock in the Karakuta clutch. I always say it's reading my notes, because again, I read off of notes that I take when I'm watching the show. Um, I always almost missay that that name uh, for the win after a missed high-risk move. Uh, it, was pr- it was pretty interesting. She was going for this high-risk move, and... Uh, Baszler basically caught her in the air and fell into the the clutch. So uh, Blackheart still missing a few spots. Like there was this one time where she went for a kick that totally missed its spot, but Baszler sold it anyways. I, was, I at first I doubted that I saw what I saw. I, I rewound it to make sure that that's what happened. But yeah, she goes for this kick through the ropes and like Baszler sells it, but there's no it's nowhere close to her face. There's there's at, at least a foot. Of distance between them uh, but anyways it's still nice seeing the show they did put on because outside of those few mistakes they really did do well for Blackheart um, next we had Imperium versus Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle in the final not the final match but the final semi-final match of the Dusty Rhodes Classic an amazing match for these four men uh, this is the type of match that I hoped would have came from the Grizzled Young Vets and um the undisputed era as well, but we can't all have winners. Uh, it would start out slow and a methodical, but would begin to pick up a bit of speed, a bit more heavy hitting. Uh, the end would see Dunn pick up the win for his team. So it will be the grizzled young veterans versus the bruiser weights or bruiser weights. They're calling themselves the broser weights. Uh, I like that name. It's it's clever pull on both of both of their little things that they got going on. So, the final match of the night, the main event, Keith Lee versus Roderick Strong with the Undisputed Era in tow for the NXT North American Championship. A good match that saw all members of the Undisputed Era try to aid their teammate to victory but would fall short to an ever-resilient Keith Lee who is our new NXT North American Champion. And as we keep this Train a rolling. We're moving into SmackDown. The Usos and Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Roode. Match would start out with some good back and forth, but Jimmy would be would be helped from ringside and appear to hurt his knee and then get his head dinged on the stairs. I was thinking it might be an angle because I didn't see any of the telltale signs of them actually checking on the wrestler like the the normal hand squeeze. If you don't know. Um, there, the ref will sometimes outside the ring or even inside the ring 
kind of plays his hand near the re- the wrestler, and if the wrestler gives a squeeze, it means he's all right. Or that's my understanding of one of the tells. Or there and there wasn't an X or anything, um, but it could have been a real in- injury. There there wasn't really any signs of it at the time. Um, he sold it really well. The match would continue with Jimmy and Reigns taking on the three competitors. It would appear to be all part of the show as Jimmy would return when his team needed him the most to make the save. He would pick up the win on Rude after a splash. It, w- it was a pretty good match. I enjoyed it. Uh, next, we had Lacey Evans doing an impassioned promo before being jumped by Bailey. Um, this would spread throughout the arena uh, during the commercial break. And then they'd come back. They'd show uh, an interview between Dana Brooke and Carmella. And then you'd see them fighting, get pulled apart. Uh, then they break away for Alexa Bliss and Nick- Nikki Cross versus Fire and Desire. But the match wouldn't get started as Bailey and Evans would then spill out into the ring. Um, all six women there getting getting into it before being separated by the officials. Uh, the next actual match we got was Braun Strowman and Elias versus Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. A decent match between these two. Two teams that saw interference from Zayn but would not pay dividends this time as Strowman would hit the running power slam, followed up by a diving elbow by Elias for the three. The next match saw Kofi Kingston versus John Morrison. This was an amazing match from these two, but given their skill sets, I am not surprised. And if you are, you haven't seen John Morrison and you haven't seen Kofi Kingston perform. They always put on grade A matches. Well, I shouldn't say always. Nine times out of ten, they put on grade A matches. They, they, you can't help it. Sometimes you got to hit, have a miss. They just don't happen often for these two. Um, interference ran by both Big E and The Miz, but the end would see Morrison hit Starship Pain for the win. Uh, this It's leading to an interesting little, little thing. I believe they're setting them up for a tag team championship run. We'll see. Maybe we'll we'll see a return to the tag team Miz and Morrison and not just singles competition. Who knows? Next, we had Daniel Bryan and The Fiend sign the contract for the title match. And I really hate the red light gimmick. I want to I want to say this. If you haven't watched anything of the the fiends, it's always in this red light. It's always terrible. I always hate it. It's it's hard to see what's going on in focus. Um I just, I do not like it at all. Um, anyways, the fiend would assault Brian before signing the contract with his own blood and then vanishing. Um, that was, that was all there was to it. Uh, that was SmackDown. It was kind of, kind of a letdown in my opinion, leading up to the rumble, especially with as good as they have been doing. Um, and, and I feel like we're all topped them this year, this year, this week. Um, which, is odd. I enjoy Raw too, but usually Raw just doesn't put on the show. SmackDown does, in my opinion. Uh, NXT, of course, took the cake, um, but that's all personal. Um, AEW, let's get into that because, well, I'm sure you guys want to know what happened there too. It start out with Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega versus SCU for the AEW Tag Titles. This was a great match. A bit slower and methodical than I thought it was going to be, but it was steady and had some good points for both teams. Uh, being well together, um, being well together, gelling well together, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega would do really well in this match. Um, selling selling their kind of tense moments that they have um 
being that Paige is trying to separate himself from the elite a little bit uh, and get back to his own little nut notch, notch, notch. I'm not sure. Whatever you want to call it. Um, Hangman Page would hit a buckshot lariat on both members of SCU for the win and become the new tag team champions with his partner, Kenny Omega. Um, the Young Bucks would come to try to celebrate with them, but uh, Page wasn't really feeling it. He would, he would kind of go out on his own. Next, we had Priscilla Kelly versus Britt Baker. A good match, albeit kind of quick. Britt Baker would pick up the win via submission. Afterwards, Baker would continue her heel turn uh, when Tony Schiavone would attempt to interview her and she would just belittle him. Uh, it's interesting. I like seeing what they're doing with her. Um, they they definitely have a lot of faces, uh, but it's, it's also tr- kind of getting heel heavy with uh, the Nightmare Collective all being heels and then you've got um, Nyla Rose. So... I don't know. It's it's definitely beginning to balance out at the very least. Uh, next, we had Jungle Express versus the Inner Circles, Chris Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz. A good match for these six men. Um, it had a little bit for everyone. Some heavy hitting action, some some kind of somewhere in the middle, and then some high flying, quick paced action. The end would see Jericho and Marco stunt with Jericho hitting the Judas effect for the win. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, stunt definitely uh, was showing off his stunt stuff, getting quite a few two counts, almost threes in a, in a few cases. Uh, I'm really curious what they're going to do. And honestly, the pairing him with Jungle Express, I don't feel like they could have put him with a better team. I, I don't think he would have fit in anywhere else. Uh, so needless to say, that is an awesome pairing. Um and just while I'm here, since I'm talking about a six-man match, uh, Kenny Omega has kind of kind of teased on social media, possibly introducing a, a six-man bout, wanting to know who the best six-man tag team is out there. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll get something like the Elite versus versus Jungle Express or or another trio. Uh, get get SCU all together in a tag action instead of just just. Kazarian and Sky, be interesting. Be interesting. I I do enjoy me some some six man action. Uh, that sounded bad. I don't care. I said it. I own it. That is what it is. Next, we would get MJF versus the Bad Boy Joey Janela. Another good match. The end would see MJF hit the double cross for the win. After he would cut another scathing promo, but before he could get too far into it. Cody would come out. MJF would attempt to leave since he didn't want, didn't have Wardlow to have his back and didn't really trust Cody not to attack him, even though Cody agreed he wasn't going to touch him because he wants him in a match. Um, But they didn't agree the Young Bucks wouldn't, and they would super kick him out of his shoes. Not really out of his shoes. I'm just using that as a saying. So um, afterwards, they would throw him in the pool. This segment was better than the match in my opinion, um, which is kind of sad because I know Janela can perform. Um, it's just a regular matches aren't really his, his forte. He's hoping to make them. And I'm, I really like seeing him grow. He's definitely getting better in just a regular match. Next, we would have pack versus John Moxley to determine the number one contender was a great match for these two. They flowed really well together and put on a hell of a match. The end would see Moxley hit the paradigm shift for the win and become the number one contender. 
and will face Chris Jericho at AEW's Revolution in February. Um, it's February 29th, if I remember correctly. Uh, they said it a lot last night. Um, I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, that's right. My wife made a comment about it being on Leap Day. So yeah, February 29th. Uh, but anyways, that is what's going on. I'm really excited about the Rumble tonight. I will try to have a post about it up for you guys tomorrow at some point. Um, I'll definitely be tweeting it. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, hit that up. Um, thank you for listening to a Last Man Standing a wrestling podcast. I'm your host, Kenny. It's been awesome. I'll catch you on the flip side.